Hello and welcome back to Beyond Boards, a podcast dedicated to the actions and interests of skaters beyond skateboarding. My guest today, Masafumi Kajitani, is originally from Japan, but went and lived in Seattle, Washington for a few years as a teenager in the mid-80s. That's where he picked up his first skateboard before moving back to Osaka, Japan in 1990. Fast forward to 2011, Masafumi started VHS Mag, a digital skateboarding magazine out of Tokyo with a few friends and was designated chief editor. The idea for this new media was to share what's going on in the skateboarding world to Japanese skaters with no language barriers, and also get Japanese skaters out there to the world. VHS is still running today in 2023 and shows no signs of ending anytime soon. I had the opportunity to sit down with Mazafumi for a quick chat early May to discuss all things related to VHS Mag and the Japanese skate scene. So here's my conversation with Mazafumi. I hope you'll enjoy it. talking about doing this for a little bit and uh, thank you for taking the time to finally do it I really appreciate it yeah stoked to uh, talk to you thank you for having me I, I, I mean I you told me that you had the 50th episode with Jamie Owens the Closer magazine yeah yeah I haven't listened to that but I've listened to Eric Swisher oh yeah whole incident that episode was fantastic thank I mean, you all these you know people behind the media I really that's like a big inspiration for me so sure yeah for, for me as yeah. well yeah I hope you'll like the Jamie Owens one I think it's a good one as well I'm sure yeah but uh, yeah no I, I do enjoy talking to media people and skateboarding such as yourself I think it's mm. super interesting and especially like I'm interested in, in learning about your work with VHS and the Japanese skate scene because it's a scene that I don't know too much about and uh, I'm sure most Most of my listeners that are for a big portion of them in the States or in Europe will probably be super interested as well in learning more about the Japanese skate scene. So yeah, so I usually start these interviews the same way with every guest and, you know, just ask how he or she started skating. So you're from Japan, but you lived in the States for a little bit when you were a teenager, I believe. Yes, yes. Did you start skating when you were in the United States or did you start before that when you were still in Japan? In United States, the story goes something like uh, my whole family moved to Seattle, Washington in 1985, and I started skateboarding there. I've never seen a skateboard before. And the neighborhood that we lived in, there was no Japanese people. Like, we were the only one who couldn't speak English. Okay. And I was put in a local elementary school. I couldn't speak English at all. Oh, it wasn't like an international school with... Uh, no. Okay. Oh, you were just thrown in there and like... Uh... I didn't know what was happening. Like, just going to elementary school with like all these American kids and people are... You know, kids are going like, Hey, you're from Japan. You know ninja? You know karate? <laughs> You know, the classic 80s, uh, yeah. <laughs> typical classic 80s story. I'm like, uh, 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 yes, yes. You know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, and I made friends. But one day, this classmate came to my house with a skateboard. And I think it was a Santa Cruz board or something. Mm -hmm. And I borrowed it, wore it down my uh, driveway, and it felt good. And that was the start. Mm -hmm. And I asked my mom to buy a skateboard. But she brought me this, like, small banana board that she bought at a mall. And I I was like, no, that's not really it, but uh, yeah. So I started writing that, and then eventually I went to a real skate shop called uh, Bike Factory in Bellevue, Washington. It was like a half skate shop, half bike shop. 
And I got a Power Pearl to Skull and Sword mm -hmm. with uh, white gold wing trucks and black Kryptonic wheels, soft wheels. And I didn't know tricks existed back then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't know anything about boneless or ollie or any of that. So I started riding, just pushing around the neighborhood. And I did that for like half a year or something. I was just skating by myself. Mm -hmm. Because by that time, I moved to some other neighborhood. So the skater that I met at school wasn't there. Okay. So I was just skating by myself, like just pushing around, like going down hills and stuff. I think that's yeah how I started skating. Mm -hmm. But it, it was like really new to me. I've never seen that kind of stuff in Japan. Looking back, I know that, you know, skateboarding existed in the 70s in Japan, but, you know, I was a kid, so I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. I was all about, like, baseball and soccer, but, yeah, after I moved to Seattle, I found out about skateboarding, and, like, that changed my life. Do you remember what year it was when you got that first board? I think you, you moved to Seattle when you were around 10, right? Yeah, 10 years old, March of 1985, and I, start, I think I started skating that summer in 1985. Okay. Right after I moved to Seattle. And so do you remember maybe seeing your first like skate video and skate magazine? Also for people from your generation, I believe Back to the Future was a huge, yeah. uh, you know, moment or discovery of skateboarding through cinema. Did you see that as well at that time or did maybe did you see it no, later? No, or? yeah, I hear a lot of story about Back to the Future, but that was not the case for me. I didn't know anything about skateboarding or, you know, what was going on. So mm -hmm. the first video I watched was, I don't know if it was like when it came out, I think it was a year or two later, but it was Powell Pearl the Future Primitive. That was the first video I oh, saw. Yeah. But I don't really like remember that video. The first video that I really got into was Animal Chin. Oh yeah. Animal Chin. That was the video for me. And we didn't own a VCR, the video player. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I, I'd go to to my friend's house and watch the video like i go to the friend's house every day <laughs> to watch it yeah to watch it and i i wanted to own it so i brought a cassette tape and i recorded just the sound oh wow the whole video <laughs> okay yeah. to listen to it at home yeah i would listen to it before i go to sleep and i go like oh that's tony hawk <laughs> yeah that was the first video i watched i mean that i got really into what about a magazine do you remember your first mag I don't exactly remember, but I mean, it must be Thrasher or, or Transworld. But the cover that I remember the most is Thrasher, where like an office lady is like looking down on a kid. And the kid happened to be Tony Vitello. Oh, okay. Who's one of the owners now, right? Yeah. Yeah, the son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Son of Fausto. Fausto, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that cover the most, I think. Okay. But it must be like Transworld or Thrasher. I guess there probably weren't Japanese skate mags at that time, like late 80s. Was there anything going on back then or was it very, very small, like the skate scene in Japan? I think it was very small. I lived in Seattle from 85 to 89, summer of 89. And I came back to Japan, but there was a legit skate magazine called Ollie. Okay. That was a magazine run by a photographer named Nishi. Older generation knows who he is. Like he's a legendary Japanese photographer. But before that, there was a lot of like zines mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that older skaters made. But a legit skate magazine was Ollie at that time. Okay. Late 80s in Japan. Yeah, very influential. So you lived in Seattle or around there for about four and a half, five years. And then you moved back to Japan. So you were around 15. Did you go back to the same place where you lived before in Japan or did you move to another city? I was living in Nara, which is like a very old town in Kansai area. 
and I moved back to Japan. I lived in Osaka. Okay. It's pretty close, but kind of different. And Osaka had bigger scene, skate scene than Nara. But、uh, I didn't, I mean, everything was new again.、Mm. Like coming back to Japan was like a whole new experience. Like I was so used to the United States.、Mm-hmm. And coming back to Japan was kind of like a nightmare for me because the schooling system was kind of different. And people in Japan, I couldn't really like get along with. You had become a bit more American, kind of.、Uh, yeah. Right. But through this Ollie magazine, I found out that there is a skate park called Ascot in Osaka. So I went there by myself. And through going to the park, I found out that there was like a skate spot,、mm-hmm. like a local park near my house. Street skaters would gather. So I went there and then met skaters. And that was like a life changing experience for me again, like meeting skaters in Japan.、Mm. And you know, skating together, and that's my、uh, second life started, kind of. Your second、uh, entry into skateboarding, yeah. Right, yes. I saw actually a few days ago some of your clips on Instagram that I could find, I think from late 90s or mid 90s videos. I don't remember、mm-hmm. the, the names of the videos, but、uh, there was、uh, especially one video I was impressed. Like you were skating a lot of,、uh, doing a lot of long lines and like super <laughs> clean flip tricks. It reminded me a lot of like Eastern Exposure and like Ricky Oyola, you know, doing super long lines, skating fast, doing like somewhat basic tricks, but like really well executed. So I was wondering, like, at that time, was Eastern Exposure like a big influence? Because I like、uh, it must have been around the same time that that video came out in the States. So that was kind of before, but I mean, I was influenced by a lot of different stuff, like Bones Brigade, H Street. Rolling the streets, like all these short and solid one-on-one videos. Um, of course, Eastern Exposure. That was a big influence, but I could never skate like Ricky Oyola. I mean, he was doing that actually in the street. You know, I was like just skating at plazas and stuff. Totally different. So yeah, all these people, you know, all these videos, American videos, were like huge influence、mm. because back in the day there were no internet, so we had to wait like three months or something until you know American skate videos to come into Japan.、Sure. Yeah, yeah, and that was a huge, huge thing, you know. And like, it's different from today. I mean, a skate video was very influential, right?、Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like you see all these clips every day. You have to wait for a skate video to come to Japan, and you would watch it like hundred times, <laughs> and you do like slow mo's and like yeah, you study like, it. What is he wearing? Yeah, study it.、Mm-hmm. Like that was the fun part of it. Yeah, so I mean, everything coming from America was like a huge influence for all Japanese skaters back then. Did you connect、uh, very quickly with、uh, local skaters when you settled down in Osaka? Like, did you、mm-hmm. meet other skaters that were, you know, somewhat good at skating, or was it kind of just the very beginning of the skate scene over there? Yeah, I mean, there were like a lot of good skaters in Japan, like back then in the early nineties, and I connected with them, all of them, and we started like a skate crew together, and we made skate videos, and that's I think that's the ones that you saw. Probably like, yes, maybe yeah, probably yeah. So yeah, it was fun. We just you know made like skate videos, and you know sold to local skate shops, and like made T-shirts, and I mean it's kind of like a parallel world everywhere. I mean I think skaters in France were doing the same thing. Sure.、Know? Like、yeah, yeah, yeah. Being influenced by American videos and like trying like imitate what they're doing and like you know like start our own thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, like a skate team or a skate crew make skate videos and stuff.、Mm-hmm. 
And so who were maybe some of the most influential skaters from Japan around you, like in the mid to late 90s? Because uh, I don't know when he kind of arrived, but I feel like um, Takahiro Morita, I'm sorry, I'm probably not saying his name correctly, but um, mm -hmm. I feel like he's become like some sort of godfather of Japanese skateboarding or like just a very important mm -hmm. figure of uh, Japanese skateboarding. Even though today, like there's so many kids that are coming into the scene and just uh, blowing minds. And we'll talk about the latest like Tide Booth video and everything but like mm. who were some skaters that you maybe you know connected with in those first few years when you came back to japan who were some people that you were like impressed by the skills you know by the skills i would say in the 90s shin shin okada mm -hmm. i mean oh, yeah. these are all skaters in tokyo shin okada he wrote for prime skateboards later deka jindosuke yonesaka he skated for city stars soichiro nakajima stereo skateboards all these skaters japanese skaters that made it out to america to the u.s yeah to the u.s and got hooked up by the brands over there I think those people were the guys that I really not like looked up to, but like I was like amazed, you know? Yeah, oh, impressed. That's possible, you know? Because I thought it was impossible mm -hmm. because Japanese skateboarding was like 10 or 20 years behind American scene. Yeah. So, yeah, they like paved the path, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, like you said, Morita, Takahiro Morita. Mm -hmm. He started a video production called Far East Skate Network, FESN. Mm -hmm. I really respect him and I was really inspired by him, but not as like a, like a skilled skater, more so. I really liked how he approached skateboarding, mm -hmm. like how he made videos, how he skated certain spots. I think that's the aspect that I was inspired by. It's like creativity? Creativity, yeah, because I mean, people like Shin Okada or Junosuke Yonesaka, those people were like special back then. No one had that skill, but you know, all the other guys wanted to like make it in America, but they couldn't, right? So, what Morita did was he tried to find something that you know, something different. Yeah, he knew that he couldn't like do kickflip back tail or something, you know, he couldn't do all these tricks, mm -hmm. so he tried to find a way to get have his own respect. Path. Or, Right, exactly. That's something that I really respect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I think that approach lives on today. Sure. Yeah, with Tight Brute and all those guys, you know. So I think Morita, something that he did was original. FESN was the original, you know, video making and all this like unique creative approach. Yeah. Like the so-called like Japanese skateboarding. He kind of started it. I mean, it's not only him, but sure. yeah, he's yeah. one of the guys who started it. Yeah, so... Mm -hmm. You can definitely feel his influence and, in, uh, well, especially this latest, like, uh, Tide Booth video, you can, mm -hmm. it's interesting because there's kind of both skating, like, there's, like, super tech, gnarly skating, and there's also super creative, thinking out of the box skating. There's kind of a, mm -hmm. a very interesting mix of everything. Yeah, this video blew my mind. Mm. But we'll, we'll talk about it a bit later, but... Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, tell me about, like, maybe starting VHS. So we talked about you coming back to Japan, you know, skating and everything. You one of the founders of VHS, even though I think it yeah. was one of your partners that kind of brought the idea to you or something? Yes, exactly. His name is Kunjiro. That's right, yeah. Before you started VHS, like, what kind of work were you doing before that? I read that you were a translator. You probably still are for VHS and probably for other things. But, like, what kind of work were you doing prior to starting the mag? 
So I came back to Japan. I was skating my ass off, skating every day, every day, every day. Not even like, you know, having a part time job or anything like that.、Uh, I was just skating. And what happens when you just skate? You get broke. <laughs> yeah. You don't have money. You don't get paid from skateboarding, even if you have sponsors and whatnot. Actually, yeah, I forgot to ask you about this, but I think you got shop sponsored for a bit and probably. Shop sponsors, and then I、uh, was skating for Rookie Japan. It's originally a New York brand. I was getting boards from Rookie, and then I was getting shoes from America. Okay. Japan. Nice. But yeah, that was pretty much it. I was getting like clothes from local like clothing brand called Choice. Okay. But you can't earn money from skateboarding back then. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a struggle. But you want to skate, right?、Mm-hmm. You have this dream, like one day, if you're like keep skating, something will happen. Someday, something will happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it didn't happen. <laughs> well, it didn't、Nothing、happen the way you the way you thought, at least. It ended up、yeah. being the this magazine. But yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. But. Back then, I was like rock bottom, you know. Like I'm skating, I'm skating my ass off. I'm getting hurt. I'm sacrificing, and you know, skateboarding is my life. But I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I was living with a girlfriend at the time, and then we broke up. I didn't have a place to live. I crashed at my friend's house. I was just drinking every day, and my skating became like really slow. You know, typical like bad story of a skater. Yeah, yeah.、Mm. And eventually, I started translating for Transworld Skateboarding Japan. Okay. I don't know if you know, but in Japan, there's like Transworld Japan, Thrasher Japan. Oh, okay, which yeah. Doesn't really make sense for me. I mean, if you're gonna have a skate media in Japan, just start your own. Yeah, thing, but sure. Yeah, it's, it's there was weird, a Thrasher for France for a bit. Really? I think so. Yeah, but I think it was very short lived, like maybe a year or two. It was very quick. I think it was the same for Japan too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think Transworld had a like a French or European version of some sort. But yeah, interesting. So they they did do like some Japanese versions, sort of.、Uh. Yes. So I did some translation for Transworld Japan, like doing interviews and、uh, translating their article. I think. Okay. And then after that, I started working for a magazine called SB Skateboard Journal, and that was not really a translation. I started writing articles about like classic skate videos and stuff.、Mm-hmm. I did that for maybe three years or so, and then after that, a new print magazine called Slider started. I did that for ten years.、Mm-hmm. That magazine gave me a lot of opportunities because they flew me to United States. You know, doing interviews with the pros in the U.S. Oh, cool! Yeah, that was a very, very good experience. There's this photographer named Ken Goto who lives in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, the name、uh, is familiar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the Japanese first Japanese photographer to shoot a cover of Thrasher magazine. Legendary. Okay. So I teamed up with Kengoto, did a bunch of interviews, and、uh, that was really special. My heroes from the eighties were like the Bones Brigade, right?、Mm, so、yeah, yeah. I went to Tony Hawk, Tommy Guerrero, Mike McGill, Lance Mountain, Steve Caballero. Interviewed all of them. Wow. And even went to like、uh, VCJ. You know VCJ, the artist of the、uh, original Powell. Oh、Robert. yes, yes, yes. Sure. Yes, went to Santa Barbara, interviewed VCJ at his house, and he wrote me like a tobacco with spice in it, and we smoke it together. Interview, <laughs> and、uh, he was pretty out there, and he told me that two thousand years ago, you built me a house in Kashmir in India. That's what he told me. 
<laughs> okay. So in this life, it's my turn to build you a house. Yeah, that was <laughs> VCJ was something that I really looked up to as an artist. So, but yeah, it blew my mind. It was like a special experience. He was pretty out there. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that must have been amazing interviewing all these guys. Like that. Yeah. That yeah. Must have been so sick. Yeah. So I, I think that was kind of like the foundation for what I do today. Sure. At BHS. Interviewing people for like ten years, and then after that, in two thousand eleven, VHS started. And so, two thousand eleven is the year that the earthquake happened, right? And the, like the exactly, nuclear plant yes. got damaged and everything. And so, when exactly did you start the mag? And, and like, when did、uh, your partner like approach you to tell you about the project and get you involved with it? I think it was two thousand ten in December. I was in the States for Slider magazine interview, and this guy named Kunjiro, who's like the brain behind VHS, he's the one who had the idea to start it. Okay. He emailed me and like, when you come back, let's have a meeting. I have something for you. And I came back to Japan. We had a meeting, and he was like, "Okay, you're gonna be the chief editor because、uh, you have experience, and、uh, not many people hate you." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, okay." And、uh, there were no like online media back then. Yeah. So yeah. it was the right timing. I mean, I think he was smart. So he recruited me as the editor, and this guy named Matsuno. He deals with accounting and like the scheduling and all that stuff. He's not a skater. Okay. Okay. And another guy、uh, who's gonna do the, all the web stuff, and then a designer. And the designer quit to design for Evison now. Oh yeah. He's the head designer at Evison right now. He's really talented. Nice. So yeah. So we started the online magazine together, five of us. We didn't have, even have an office. We had no money, but eventually we got sponsors and stuff. People started recognizing and cooperating, and here we are. So when he approached you, he told you, "Let's do like a digital mag, like no print at all. Like we'll just do content for the website." Yeah, just online. That was new back then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And two thousand eleven. I don't remember if Instagram had started. Maybe not. Maybe it was a year after or something. Facebook was around, but. Facebook was around, but not really Instagram. I mean, I I think it it was there, but no one was like really taking it seriously back then. Yeah. Okay. And so, what were some of like your first gigs or like first articles or what were some of the first things you did for the mag? Do you remember? The first piece was, I mean, our idea was like to showcase Japanese skaters, right? And like you know, have since it's online. If you're interested, you can just you know you can check it out from wherever you are、mm-hmm. all around the world, right? So our idea was to like showcase Japanese skaters so that people outside of Japan could see what's going on in Japan. So the first video part that we released was I think it was Shinpei Ueno. That's the guy behind Taipu. Right. Yes. I think yes. That was the first one we did. Yeah. It's a nice way to start it. Uh huh. Uh huh. But he wasn't like famous back then. Not like now, you know. Sure. Yeah, he's super famous now. But and so, did you like draw inspiration from other media around you at that time, like in the states or elsewhere, or maybe in Japan, but not in the skateboarding industry? Like, did you draw inspiration from things you were seeing in other media?、Mm, yes. I wouldn't want to say this as like we're imitating, <laughs> but yes, we draw a lot of inspiration from. I mean, mainly Thrasher back then because、sure. we have this segment called、uh, Ippon where、oh, yeah. we have a line which is like you know obvious firing line from Thrasher. Right, right, right. So we took that idea 
I wouldn't want to say we're like biting their style, but I think we did. It's a homage. It's a tribute. <laughs> I would like to say homage. Yeah, it's it's a way to uh, put it's it. It's a positive like, way yeah. to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all, all these you know things are out there. I mean, it's hard to come up with new ideas. Oh yeah, you know? and it's skateboarding. So, like day yeah. in the life, everyone's doing it. You know, like video part and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that firing line thing from Thrasher was something that we took from them mm -hmm. and still do. I don't think they're doing it anymore. But yeah, I don't think so. Or it's been a minute. Mm. So yeah, we draw a lot of inspiration from other media. Yes. And so you were at the very beginning the editor in chief, and you still are, right? You're you're still at that position today. Yes, yes. How much has your team like grown? Like, do you have more people working for the mag now, or is it kind of still the same, somewhat like small team behind it? It's still the same. I mean, nothing's changed. Okay, okay. Still the same. Four people. Yeah. I mean, we're all the same. I don't know if we've grown. All the things that we're doing is like pretty much the same, you know. I mean, people, the skaters getting involved. I mean, that's increased. There's more people getting involved, but I mean, it's pretty hard that you know, like talented skaters work on video parts and then they bring it to Thrasher or Free or Vague because they want to be recognized overseas. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 So sometimes it's a struggle that we can't be the platform to showcase the newest Japanese skateboarding, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's a struggle right now, but that's something that we have to work on. Yeah, I didn't really think about that, but I could see why like a Japanese skater who really wants to get his name out there and be recognized internationally would maybe want a thrasher or, or a platform mm -hmm. like that because you have maybe more people tuning in and, and watching it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it would make sense to like support the local skate mag, but yeah, I guess it's a double-edged sword kind of. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, like, I would like to think that what we do, like, we're interviewing, like, you know, old skaters in Japan that built skateboarding in Japan, what it is today. Mm -hmm. And through the interviews, maybe young skaters don't, you know, care about those, like, older generation. But one day, like, maybe five years later, we could be, like, a platform where they can, like, go back and, like, oh, shit, I didn't know about this, you know. And, like, maybe if they're interested, they can, like, learn from our article. You sure. Know? Yeah. I, I would like to think that, you know, we are a place where we can like not educate maybe that's not the right word but we could be a place where skaters in japan could come or skaters outside of japan sure. as well, yeah, yeah of course come and see like and learn what happened in japan you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's what i'm hoping this to be And so what are some of your like um, favorite, you know, memories or like proudest uh, achievements so far with the mag? So it's been it's been running for 12 years at this point. <laughs> And so do you have a, maybe one one or two memories that come to mind as like a strong moment for you? Yes, there's tons. I mean, I'm not a filmer, so this is not my achievement. But this guy, Kunjiro, he's a filmer, so he's been making video parts. Shogozama's video part, Shintaro Hongo's video part. And also, this is kind of different, but Eli Reed oh, yeah? in Tokyo. Those three video parts are something that I really like that we produced. And other than that, I helped out a Japanese episode for Vans Love Letters to Skateboarding. Oh, the, yeah. Jeff Grosso program, Rest in Peace. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that was very special for me. It was a long episode, and it was a lot of work, a lot of translation, a lot of interviews, like connecting Japanese skaters to, you know, Six Stair Guys and Jeff Grosso. And, you know, starting skateboarding in America, coming back to Japan, and introducing Japanese skateboarding to Jeff Grosso, you know, someone that I really looked up to. Sure. In the 80s, when I started skateboarding. So it felt like, you know, it's a full circle. Yeah, absolutely. When that episode came out, it felt like, you know, this is something that I was meant to do, you know. All these like 30 years of like skateboarding, I mean, this experience was meant to, it was for this episode, you know. Right, this moment, yeah. And I was trying to do that through VHS, you know, like, hey, look at what we have here in Japan. We have all this long history, we have all these cool people. But, you know, VHS, I mean, it's not like Thrasher. Not everyone from all over the world would check it out, you know? Yeah. But through Vans, it spreads like more, you know, to the world. There's more opportunity for people outside of Japan to like see what's going on in Japan. So it was like really rewarding. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the fact that he passed away, like, after it got released, I mean, all this stuff that happened was, like, crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because it was supposed to come out, you know, in 2020 when the Tokyo Olympics was supposed to happen. Okay. But with the pandemic, it was postponed a to year 2021, after. yeah, yeah. So that Love Letter episode was filmed in 2019, and it came out in 2021. So it was, like, there was, like, a big time lag. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then right after that, Jeff passed away, and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was, that was a heavy stuff for me. Yeah, I think I saw that piece when it came out, but I haven't rewatched it recently. I need to check it out again. Yeah, that must have been a, a really good episode. Yeah, that was really special for me. So you, you've been skating for a long time. You've seen like the Japanese skate scene evolve a lot since you came back from the States in the mid 90s. So, yeah, you've seen it really grow and blossom from a very small underground scene to now, you know, this massive, incredible scene that is a bit showcased through some of the videos that we see here in Europe, like the tight booth ones and everything. So, yeah, I was wondering, like, what's your take on, like, the growth of Japanese skateboarding? And also kind of a side question, but like we mentioned Takahiro Morita and the very specific way he skates. And we can see some of that in other skaters nowadays. But like, I feel like whenever I see Japanese skateboarding, it's often extremely creative, whether it's like the trick selection or the choice of spots or like the way it's filmed. There's always some elements that are very creative. Do you think that's something that's deeply rooted in Japanese culture in general? Or is that something more specific to skateboarding? Like, uh, this is a very vast question, but like, uh, yeah, mm. maybe first, what's your feeling of seeing this like whole skateboarding scene evolve throughout the years? I think it's wonderful. I think it's amazing. But to start off, I mean, skateboarding isn't from Japan. So it's something that we borrow, right, mm -hmm. from, from the U.S. So we had to like you know, take it in and uh, you know, try to make something not new, but something that, you know, something different. Yeah, make it your own. Right, exactly. I mean, it's the same with music. I mean, rock music or hip hop, everything is not from Japan, you know. So mm -hmm. we geek out and we really go deep and then try and do something with it, right? So I think that's happened in skateboarding as well. And uh, until the late 90s, it was all about the States. We were chasing what's going on in the States and we admired them and we thought like America is the best. I mean, they're like doing the coolest shit, you know, I mean, they're the best, <laughs> you know, 
But I think people in Japan started to realize that no way, we have to do something, you know. Yeah. We have to do something that we can call our own. And I think that's when Takahiro Morita started doing something unique. But that was out of necessity because he didn't have the skills. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, like the American guys. So he started making unique skate videos. And that was also influenced by a legendary Japanese DJ, hip hop DJ, called DJ Crush. Oh, yeah, I did, I did see his name. You, you worked with him for a bit, right? Yeah,、um, not anymore, but I used to, like, until last year, I was helping him out with the translation. Right, right. But DJ Crush is like the pioneer of Japanese hip hop, DJ. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so he incorporated Japanese instruments and mixed it with American hip hop, and that was something new that he made. So I think that kind of inspired Morita in skateboarding and also in video making.、Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he started doing something creative and different. But at the same time, there were people like, as I said, Shinokada and Junosuke Yonesaka and all those guys who could make it in the States. But now, I'm super fast forwarding, but now there's like Yuto and Sora Shirai, you know, like all these guys and doing gnarly stuff, like better than the American yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And on the other hand, there's people like Tight Booth guys who are like doing like gnarly stuff in the streets and like doing super creative stuff. Yeah. And like the way Tight Booth video is portraying it, like next level. Yeah. You know, like yeah. totally different from like the Western stuff. Sure. I think that's something that we can call, you know, that was spawned in Japan. Yeah, yeah. No, and especially this last video, yeah, as you said, it felt very visually, it was extremely impressive. Like, you can tell there's been a lot of work and,、uh, you know, of course, the skating, but just the filming, the music, the editing. Yeah, it's a, a masterpiece. It's an incredible video. It's incredible to see Japanese skating reach this point. Mm, yeah, I'm amazed that you know, people are doing good at contests and also doing like you know, killing it in the streets as well. We have both sides now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's really healthy. But I don't like the fact that people call skaters athletes nowadays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? That's up for debate, I guess. Yeah, I'm not comfortable using the word athlete as well for a skater.、Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a generational thing. Like,、uh, we're older skaters, so we always looked at skating as a, not a sport, basically. So, to call a skater an athlete sounds a bit weird.、Mm. But yeah, when you see Naija or Yuto or people like that, it's another level of skating and competition. Commitment yeah, yeah. and training and everything. And in that sense, we can call them athletes for sure. Yeah, I mean, they're amazing. I mean, I have nothing to say about yeah, those guys. For、I、sure.、Know. They're super impressive. Yeah. Yeah, but one thing I want to add about Tight Booth video was like, that video was super long. Yeah. How long is it? Like an hour and a half or something? or? Yeah, yeah, hour and a half. But it's amazing that he edited, you know, like hour and a half video. That's like a movie. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to watch, but, you know, if you watch it in segments, that's, it's amazing. It's very rich. Like, yeah, of course, it's not at all the same video, but like it made me kind of the same effect that、um, Fully Flared, for example, had with me.、Mm. Like, in, I think it was 2007 around there when it came out. And I remember watching that and being very impressed. Not for the same reasons, but mostly for the, like, the technical skating and, uh, Maybe the music also was really well picked for the whole、mm-hmm. video. Maybe it wasn't an hour and a half, but it was at least an hour. It was very long. But this one, yeah, this one is just.、Uh, and it's a video you can just watch just five minutes and be completely shocked. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, dedication. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know how long he worked on that, Shinpei? Like, it was a long,、uh, long, long time, right? I 
seven or eight years, I think. Very long. Yeah, very long. <laughs> I mean, I asked him, like, what came to your mind when, you know, you completed it, when you're done editing? He, he was like, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> Relief. Yeah, he must have been. Relief. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he needs to take a break, but hopefully him or someone else from Japan will do an amazing video like yeah. that again because it's uh, insane. So. And so I saw also, I'm changing gears a bit, but I saw that you started with a friend of yours, a uh, wheel brand, right? Uh, Strush? Mm. Yes, Strush. So yeah, tell me about, about that. When did that start and like, uh, how is it going so far? We started it back in like, I think 2008, maybe? So a bit before you started working at VHS? No, way before that. Yeah, it was before I moved to Tokyo. So it was right around, I don't know, it was a long time ago. But yeah, <laughs> okay. it was, yeah, we, we wanted to start something and it was just, you know, kids. We were like, hey, there aren't wheel brands in Japan. You want to start a wheel brand? And I was like, oh, okay, why not? Let's do it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's not like a company company. There's not much money in it, you know. We just mm. make wheels and Ryuichi is a filmer. So it was kind of like a project where he can, you know, make his own video projects. Okay. I really like what he makes. And to tell you the truth, I'm not really 100% behind it. I'm kind of like a... Every time he makes a decision, he comes to me and like asks me like, hey, what do you think? And I'm like, okay, I think that's good. And he just goes for it. Okay. I'm that type of guy. I mean, I'm not like the one to like make decisions. I'm just kind of like the guy behind. Helping out a bit. Yeah, helping out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But you're not associated to everyday decisions and working on behind the scenes all the time. Exactly. And it's still going, right? It's still... It's going. We just added two skaters. There's this guy named Hibiki in Osaka. He's super good. Super good skater. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. Hibiki Sakai. He, he's... I mean, no one knows him, but he's going to be like... Everyone's going to know him. Okay. And then this guy named Kelly Ichihara, he's originally from Hawaii. He just joined the team. So I think Hibiki and Kelly's welcome part will be coming maybe this year. Hopefully they're filming for it. So yeah. So uh, yeah, Strush, it's not like a big brand or anything, but we're just, you know, doing whatever we feel is cool. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, if you think about money, there's, you know, all these things that you have to like do that you really don't want to do. Yeah. But since there's not much money behind it, I mean, I think we can do whatever we want. You know, there's no sponsors telling us what to do. Yeah. It's more like a fun passion project than a, yes, like a yes. serious brand, so to speak. Yes, exactly. I mean, thinking about all these writers that we have, we should make it like a business to take care of him, take care of all the writers. But at the moment, yeah, we're just doing what feels best for the brand. Okay. How many people are like currently writing for Strush? Do you know? Uh, probably like around 10. Around 10. But I mean, half of the team is like pretty old. So yeah, <laughs> they can take care of themselves. Sure, yeah, yeah. And Shinpei Ueno was part of Strush. But I think he just recently kind of retired. Not quit, but retired. 
Okay. He was like not really, you know, doing much skating. So yeah, he's he wants to be like the guy who's you know like not concentrating skating for his rush, but doing his video project. And he has a clothing company, so he、right. wants to you know concentrate on his business and sure he's skating. You know, just have fun skating. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、So. But no pressure, like producing parts of his own and stuff. Right. Yeah, I see. Exactly. Yeah. Years again, but like、um, we mentioned earlier, the Olympics、uh, that happened so in 2021 instead of 2020 because of、uh, COVID that postponed the whole event a year later. And I was wondering, like,、um, well, first of all, did you watch it or did you maybe even like、uh, go like see one of the skateboarding competitions when they happened? And more importantly, what has been like your impression of、uh, you know the perception of skating in Japan post Olympics?、Uh, has it you know changed a bit? People on the street. Do they see skateboarding differently now that it's been legitimized through the Olympics and everything, or is it somewhat still the same and still considered a bit underground? And what has been your experience of、uh, the Olympics? Yeah, I, I watched it. I watched the whole thing: the street, both men and women, park, both men and women,、right. on TV. I didn't go. I mean, I couldn't go. I mean, oh yeah, well, because of COVID, it was、uh, yeah,、yes. there was no no audience, right? Yeah. No audience, so I watched it on TV. I really enjoyed it, and、mm-hmm. I was surprised that you know a lot of like medalists came from Japan, like yeah,、uh, Yuto won gold, Momiji won gold,、mm-hmm. Sakura won gold. I was like amazed, and with them getting the gold medals, it became a big news in Japan because it was the skateboarding debut in, in the Olympics. Yeah, it was hosted in Japan, and Japanese kids got the best. Won,、uh, like, yeah, yeah. And、it was like super big in Japan. It was all over the news. Yeah, with the Olympics, people who didn't know about skateboarding got to know about skateboarding、mm-hmm. in a way as like a healthy sport because you know, especially women's park. You know, everyone was like cheering for each other. They're not、oh, yeah. like trying to like outdo people. You know, like we're all friends. You know. Yeah, yeah, we're very friendly and supportive. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I think that was beautiful, and that was、uh, like the way people perceived skateboarding through TV. Yeah. But on the other hand, in the streets, I mean, before the Olympics, when it became like when when it was announced in two thousand sixteen that skateboarding was gonna be in the Olympics, people in Japan started building skate parks,、mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and with the Olympics, more skate parks. That means less street skating. Yeah. Okay. So people try to put street skaters off the streets and try to put them in parks, but street skaters don't want to skate at skate parks. Well, yeah, parks, no, right. <laughs> so there was a big gap between skaters and the government, or not the government, but but the city. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Pedestrians. And you know, on the news we see like, okay, there's、uh, Yuto's winning the SLS again, and Momini is doing like this and that at the X Games. It's on the news, evening news. But on the other hand, there's like disturbing street skateboarders ruining property, and there's、oh, like、yeah. blurred skater skating on the like the entrance of the subway in Hokkaido. Okay. And it was on the news, and he was skating on the roof, and people were like filming with their iPhone, and it it's on the news, like disturbing skateboarder <laughs> on the street. What are they doing? <laughs> and that happened. That skater happened to be Jamie Thomas. His、no、face blurred, but、wow. yeah, it was Jamie Thomas. When was that? 
That was pretty recent, like maybe three, I don't know, last year maybe? I don't remember hearing about this for some reason. Yeah, I must have seen it, but yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's Jamie Thomas. Do you know how much he's done for skateboarding? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Who are you to say, like, disturbing skateboarder on the street? What are you talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so there's a big gap between, like, skaters and the general public. The competition side is like being uh, recognized Glorified. and yes. yeah, but like the more street underground side of skating is frowned upon and like forbidden yes. and yeah, I see. I, mean, I think it was a good thing that people started recognizing skateboarding, but maybe it's not a good thing for the core. I don't know if the core is like the right word, but for street skaters, right, maybe yeah, yeah. it was better to be kind of like a secret thing that no one really knew about, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because now, I mean, it's all over the news, like, you know, they're like ruining the bench or skateboarding is ruining handrails and like they're dangerous and they're mm. loud. But if you're talking about the sound, I mean, dogs barking is like way louder than skateboarding. Sure. You're pushing through the street and I mean, in five seconds, they're gone, right? Well, yeah, and people yeah. can't stand it. In, a lot of people in Japan who are haters don't have the tolerance for what they can't understand mm. because I don't know. There's this saying in Japan, a nail that sticks out will get hammered down, which means when people stand out, when people do something out of the norm, kind of out of the norm, you get hammered down, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's really hard to street skating in Japan right now, especially in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. Can you get like fined if you skate in the streets in Tokyo? Can you get a fine from a policeman or something? Or is, is it that bad or? No, I don't think from a policeman, but I hear stories that a young skater got sued for property damage and he got sued for 20k. Just for skating on a private property? Okay. Yeah, well, he was skating and he was, you know, grinding a, a metal, whatever, this thing, like a box or something. Uh huh. And they, the property owner said like, okay, you scratch this, this metal box, we have to rebuild it. So we're going to charge you $20,000. Okay. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's nuts. That's how it is in Tokyo right now. Do you feel like it's become worse after the Olympics, this kind of um, anti-street skating way of seeing it? Or is it somewhat the same? I think it became worse. Because on TikTok or Twitter, I mean, there's all this hate, you know, someone posts skate footage in the street and there's all these like hate comments like, what are you doing? You're not supposed to do it there. Go to a skate park, you know? Mm. I mean, I think it's gotten worse. Yeah. Yeah, there's this skater from the UK who lives in Tokyo now. He's a pro for Evisen and he's the team manager for Adidas Skateboarding in Japan. Yeah, Lawrence Keefe. Yeah. Yeah, Lawrence Keefe. He's been traveling all over the world, skating all this, you know, Afghanistan, you know. All yeah, this, yeah, he traveled you know, a lot with the visual traveling crew. Patrick yeah. Bowler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So what he said was like pretty funny. I mean, Tokyo is the second worst place to street skate because of the, you know, security, how harsh it is. And the number one is North Korea. So North <laughs> Korea is number one, Tokyo is number two. Wow. <laughs> it's how hard it is, you know, to skate in Tokyo. Yeah, and he's, he's traveled quite a bit, so he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's tough. I would have hoped that it would become easier for Japanese street skaters after the Olympics, but it looks like it's not really helped. 
it gave the image that skating belongs in skate parks. Yeah. So whenever people see skating on the streets, they feel like this is not the way you should be doing this. Yes, yes. But you, though, is trying to change it because he's like a public figure. If you say skateboarding in Japan, everyone thinks of you, though. Yeah, sure. And I heard, have you seen like his, well, I haven't seen it, but have you seen his interview in Thrasher? He had like a, a tray flip down this huge set of stairs, and that's center of Shibuya, like center of Tokyo, like super busy place. Okay. What that means is like he's trying to change the perception of street skating in Japan because he's the he's probably the only one who could change it. Well, yeah. Who yeah. could change the idea of street skating? Yeah. You know, because it's so famous and popular, and yes, yeah. yes. And if he can't make it happen, I mean, no one can. So, yeah, yeah. So he's trying to like change the idea of street skating of the general public and trying to make it better. You know, make it more skate friendly. But if he fails, who else can kind of uh, try? Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. Just go for it. Just go street skate. If you get, you know, like police or a security guard, just run. Yeah. Just do what we were doing. But yeah, he's trying to like shake things change. up a bit. Yeah. Yes, yes. So uh, I really respect that. Yeah, yeah. Props to him for doing that. Yeah, especially because he. I mean, he, he doesn't really need to, in a sense. Like he, he could, mm -hmm. you know, very easily just go to California or wherever and skate there. And yeah. But uh, yeah, that says a lot that he would, you know, want to develop street skating in Japan and change its perception yeah. from general public. That's because cool. he's he's like super rich now and famous. He doesn't have to do that. Yeah, for know? sure. Yeah, he doesn't need to. Yeah, but he cares about his hometown. You know, his home country. I guess he doesn't like what's going on here in Japan, so he wants to change it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's very nice of him. You know. So tell me, like, what are some of the projects that you're maybe working on right now with VHS? Are you working on some pieces, some parts, some interviews? Like, uh, what have you got coming up soon? Uh, we're always working on video parts because without video parts, there's nothing you know worth doing for us. Sure. And other than that, interviews with the people like older generation, also like commercial work to keep VHS going. And uh, one thing I want to change is that video parts. I mean, like you know, like random videos that YouTubers make mm -hmm. get more views than like video parts that takes months and years. Yeah. Maybe that's only in Japan, but yeah, it would be nice if we could get more power and uh, more viewers, likes, more viewers for video parts because yeah, skaters are working like really hard to make it, and I really want to uh, get it out there. And yeah, I want as many people as possible to watch it and appreciate it. Sure. Rather than like random, like okay, here's this park. Let's check out this obstacle. Yeah, that's something I want to change. Yeah, it's hard nowadays because there's so much content coming out left and right from all over the world. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what's the best way to like uh, increase viewership or something. That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. So working on parts and stuff and interviews. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And continue to like try to be a place where people can come and like check out. Here's a piece of Japanese history, Japanese skateboarding culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we want to keep being that kind of platform. A resource, yeah, like a yeah, yeah, sure. Yes. I usually wrap up these interviews with the same question with everybody, and it's basically, what's the most valuable lesson you feel that you've learned thanks to skateboarding? Mm -hmm. And by skating, I mean not just the act of skating, of course, but like everything around it. So in your case, like doing VHS, 
working on stretch wheels, skating and filming parts. Like what's something that has been a very valuable life lesson for you? Mm, definitely keep doing it. Never stop. Because I thought, you know, skateboarding would take me somewhere. And it didn't at one point. But now in a different way, it took me to a place where I can make a living, you know, through skate media. Mm -hmm. So this can sound kind of not responsible for certain people, but keep doing it, I guess. Don't give up on your dream, kind of. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Sure. Exactly. Do you still skate a lot nowadays? Actually, I didn't ask you that, but how much do you get to skate these days? Not much. That's something I really hate about myself right now. <laughs> I try to skate before work. I go to a skate park at like 9 a.m., mm -hmm. skate for like an hour by myself and go to work. But that's pretty much it. Mm. Yeah, people like Ryuichi, he tried to make me like film some clips, but I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> It's hard. I mean, my body is getting heavier, you know, past injuries. Yeah, yeah. But that's all excuse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I should just go and just roll around and... Sure. Yeah, that's my goal for this year. Oh yeah, you want to skate more uh, this year? Yeah, Yeah, more and more. I mean, it's not like I want to like make a video part or anything. Sure, yeah, but... yeah. just have fun. Yeah, just doing manuals and all the stuff and like doing flip tricks and stuff. Yeah, that, that could be fun. Sure, yeah, that's what it's all about. Uh-huh, yeah. All right, well, I have a few like friends questions for you that I'm going to have wow. you uh, listen to or that I'm going to read out to you. So, okay, this very first one is from uh, Leo Valls from Magenta, oh, okay. from Bordeaux, France. I think you saw him not too long ago, right? He was in Japan. Yeah, like for, a couple uh, weeks ago. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skaterbirdism. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Just Cruise 2 premiere. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I saw the article on VHS about the premiere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he said, Hey, Mazafumi, I have a question for you. I heard the situation in Japan for street skating seems very complicated right now. Do you think there is room in Japan for concepts of skate urbanism and skate-friendly public spaces like it exists in Copenhagen, Malmö or Bordeaux? Do you think this could be possible in the future? Yes, the thing that he's doing or the thing that he did in Bordeaux is amazing. You know, like getting rid of all these no skateboarding sign and, you know, talking with the public. City officials and general yeah. public. Yes. And, you know, making skateboarding friendly places. I think it's possible in Japan, I guess. I think we can adapt his ideas to like Japanese environment. Right. Starting from like, not Tokyo. Tokyo is like super hard. So starting with like more, you know, smaller towns and setting like the example and working from there, I guess. Mm -hmm. But he had this conference with the city planners in Tokyo like a couple of weeks ago. I went there to uh, listen to the conference uh -huh. and it was very interesting, like what he did. And I think that's very, it can change something in Japan for sure, because city planners in Japan were like super inspired, you know, they were le like learning what's important for skateboarding and, you know, like how skateboarding could change city planning. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that could be like a good thing for the environment in Japan. So yes, I mean, I'm hoping yes. Yeah, fingers crossed it will start developing fingers out crossed. there. Yeah. Yes. Okay, uh, this one is an audio one. Hello, Shintaro. I'm always excited. I want to ask Ame-san what he was doing in the skate scene. I couldn't hear it clearly. Is it Shintaro? Yes, Shintaro Hongo. 
Oh, so he's asking what I、uh, was being careful of when I was filming skating? Yes, yes, that's what he told me. He said he wanted to ask you when you were filming videos, what were you the most conscious of? What was I most conscious about? That was a long time ago, so my <laughs> memory's kind of blurred. But I don't know. I don't think that's something that he should learn from me. He has it all. So, but I don't know. Like speed, location, making tricks like as solid as possible.、Mm-hmm. Trying to make it look good. But I mean, he's doing it all. So true. I mean, I'm the one who should learn from him. He's a great skater. He's one of my favorites. He's very good. Yeah, absolutely.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, super creative. And、uh, actually, yeah, we didn't talk about this, but I, I heard that you have this nickname, the American or Amesan, right? Is that how they say it in, in, in Japan? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a typical, you know, story.、Uh, when I came back to Japan, this one guy asked me where are you from, and I said like I came back from America, and he was like, okay, from today we'll call you American, and that stuck. <laughs> And people didn't really feel comfortable calling someone American. That's not American, so people started calling me Amesan. San is like、uh, Mister. Mister. Yeah, so people call me Amesan. Okay, I have a few questions from、uh, Shingo from Shred Skate Shop in Osaka.、Mm. So let's see. His first one is: You've been working as a skateboarding editor for many years. What motivates you to keep doing this job, which is impossible if you just love it? Mm. Yeah, what motivates you to keep doing your job as a skateboarding editor?、Um, as you know, it's hard. Like doing interviews and stuff, you have to be prepared.、Mm-hmm. After the interview, you have to like transcribe or translate or edit. You know, there's a lot of work. Sure. When you write an article, you have to like do research. You have to deal with photographers, filmers. I mean, a lot of work. But when the article or whatever you're doing, the project is done, you feel rewarded. I think that's what keeps me going.、Mm. Especially if it's something that I really feel passionate about, like the history of Japanese skateboarding or like the you know Japanese skaters video part. If the project is something that I'm really passionate about, I feel rewarded when it's done and out there.、Mm-hmm. And when people say like that was good, I think that keeps me going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get some good feedback from work you've done, yeah. Yes, I mean you. You probably understand. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I, I、yeah. can see that it's a lot of work. That thing that you were doing. Yeah, it is. It is. But yeah,、uh, as for you, I have this passion for skating and、uh, and skateboarding culture in general, and so I definitely love doing it. It is a lot of work, but、uh, I won't do this forever. But like, I'm doing this for now, and as long as I enjoy doing it. But yeah, it is a lot of work. So you need you need to at least for me, like,、um, if I wasn't super into skating, of course, I wouldn't be putting so much time and effort、mm. into doing it. It's、uh, because I'm genuinely interested in you know learning and meeting, connecting with people like you from all over and. Mm-hmm. Trying to also just、um, interview people that you wouldn't necessarily see in other podcasts like the Nine Club、mm-hmm. or the Buns or stuff like that in North America or Europe, and trying to kind of broaden the horizons, sort of.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just、uh, having fun with it, basically. But it is a lot of work, yeah.、Mm-hmm. But it's fun. Yeah, it's rewarding. It's fun. It's a good experience. You know, getting to know something that you didn't know. Yeah, through interviews, that's a good feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so he also asked, "What has your skateboarding experience helped you with in your life?"、Mm, everything. I mean, skateboarding is all I know. I can't do anything else. You know, it's shaped your whole life. Yeah. Yeah, it's shaped my whole life. I mean, the music, the aesthetics, or the way I look at things. Everything. It's from skateboarding.、Mm-hmm. 
And I, you know, have this job that's involved with skateboarding. So it's everything. It's the foundation. Yes, exactly. So he asked also, when you skate street, you may get into all kinds of trouble. Please tell us your most memorable and strangest episode. Street in the street? He should have like more <laughs> crazy story than me. Um, let's see. When I was street skating in Seattle, like in downtown, there was a guy who pulled a knife on us, but that wasn't that bad. When we were street skating in Osaka, there was all these like Yakuza, like Japanese mob. It was like downtown Osaka. Some places are sketchy. Uh-huh. Yeah, we almost got in trouble with them, but I don't know. Not many like crazy stories. Like, I mean, there are like sketchy moments here and there, but nothing serious. Nothing too crazy? Nothing too crazy. I think Shinko has more stories. <laughs> He's always out there filming street skating, so mm -hmm. I don't know. Not much for me. Happy memories. His last question is, you've been skating for many years and you're still very involved with skating. What do you think you have lost and gained? Hmm... I don't think I've lost anything through skateboarding. If you look at it that way, I mean, it wouldn't make sense, you know. All these things that I've gained is more important. Maybe, of course, there are a lot of things that I've lost, probably, but I never think about it that way. I'm more appreciative of what I have through skateboarding right now because, like I said, I, you know, I thought skateboarding will, you know, take me somewhere, and it didn't, but it took me somewhere in a different way. Exactly, yeah. As a person in skate media. So, I mean, my life was and is all about skateboarding. So there's nothing that I've lost. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would want to like look at the positive things, what I've gained and what I have right now, because it's great, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Everything is about skateboarding. My life is skateboarding right now, even if I don't skate that much anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same for me. It's like, it's still a big part of my life, even though I don't really skate much anymore. But yeah. Yeah, so I can't really complain. My life is great right now. All right, this next one is from... I hope I'm saying their names right. I'm sorry if I'm not. So his name is Satoru Taguchi. Oh, Satoru Taguchi, yes. Mm -hmm. So he said, tell us the story behind the NS handrail back in 96 and your infamous wow. nickname. Well, we did talk about the nickname, but... Uh, yeah. And he said, this is from Taguchi, a.k.a. Tagupon. P.S. Let's go skate together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Yeah, Tagupon is like a guy behind a brand called Challenger. Okay. It's a like skate slash bike, like motorcycle. It's a big fashion brand. Yeah, so 96 NS handrail. That's a famous handrail in Shinjuku. And yeah, I was filming for a part for FESN a video called Tozai Namboku in 96. Mm -hmm. And the NS handrail, I did a 50-50, frontside 50-50 down it. And that became the ender of my part. And I was going to Tokyo to film a part. And then we went to this NS handrail. And then I wasn't planning to skate it because it was pretty big handrail at the time. It was like 10 stair or something. Pretty long. Mm -hmm. And there were this famous skate crew called New Type in Tokyo. They were like the elite skate team in Tokyo. Like Shinokada, Junnosuke, like all these best guys. Okay. And the crew came to the NS handrail and Junnosuke started doing like nose slide and board slide. And I'm here sitting, watching, and I came all the way from Osaka to film a part. And I'm just sitting here watching Junnosuke kill the rail, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. 
And he tried a frontside tail slide and he slammed pretty hard. And so the session stopped. But I was like thinking to myself, like, so I came from Osaka, all the way from Osaka to Tokyo, and I'm just sitting here watching him skate and doing nothing. What am I doing?、Mm, okay. So I just stood up and tried to do, like, okay, I'm just gonna go for it. And so my filmer, Morita, was like, okay, let's do it. And I went for it. I did a frontside 50 50. I slammed pretty hard on the ground. And before the pain kicked in, I tried it again and made it second try. Nice. And Juno skating and all these elite skaters from New Type were like, oh my gosh, you made it. And I don't think they knew who I was. Okay. But that was like a big accomplishment for me because, you know. So that was like a memorable session moment for me. Yeah, super memorable session. Nice. Is there footage of this? Is it in a video? It's in a video, but it's not online. Yeah, it's, it's DVD. Okay. I don't remember who told me this. There's, there's a lot of skate videos from Japan that like, aren't on YouTube. They're basically all on DVDs and you can't really、yeah. access them on the internet. But yeah.、Uh-huh. I'd love to see more of those. I hope someone will kind of go through them and try to put them online. That would be cool. Yeah, I hope so.、Uh, there's tons of like, footage from back in the day. All right, so this one is from Leo Takayama.、Mm-hmm. So he said, What's your favorite video and who's your favorite skater from Japan and from all over the world? Okay, favorite video of all time? I would say 20 Shot Sequence, World Industries. That's a very good one, yeah. Video days, of course. I mean, I can't narrow it down to one. I mean, Map Circle, 101, Eden Workshop, World Industries, all the world industries. Sick Boys, H Street, Shakomina, Hocus Pocus. I mean, all these videos from late 80s and early 90s to the mid 90s. All those classic videos. Yeah, that's what you know, shaped who I am、sure. as a skater. Yeah, big influence.、Mm. And what about favorite skater from Japan and from outside Japan, perhaps? Do you have、uh, people in mind? I mean, it changes every day, probably. But right now, favorite Japanese skater would probably be. Shintaro Hongo. Shintaro. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's either Shintaro or Shogozama. Those two. And Shin Sambongi. I, I mean, you, I can't narrow it down <laughs>、oh, to、yeah. one. I mean, there's like so Shin many is good the one、skaters. who skates for Polar, right? Polar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's amazing. So、yeah. good. So good. What about outside from Japan? Do you have、um, outside of Japan, a favorite skater right now? Right now, BDK, Bobby the Kaiser. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good pick, yeah. So good. So good. His part, the latest one with、uh, Ben Shadou、oh, from France. Yeah, yes, that's a really、yes. good one. That video part is like so good. I mean, how the part is put together is like perfect. His skating is perfect.、Mm. How he dresses. I mean, everything is like 100%. The control, the speed, the, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So good. That was an excellent one, yeah. Yeah, next level. And on Instagram, Bobby Pulio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, both Bobby, two Bobbies. And he also asked, like, where do you skate now and who do you skate with? Do you have a, a crew of friends that you go skate with, or, or do you usually skate by no, yourself? Or? I skate by myself at a park in Chiba called Maihama in the morning. That's pretty much it. Okay. Or when, when I have guests from Osaka, I sometimes go skate with them, but usually skate by myself at the skate park. That's it. Okay, I have one here. I'm not too sure if it's actually a question or more like a shout out, but、uh, I'm, I'm going to have you listen to it. Bonjour, 
かしなこと言ってくれっていうメッセージが来たので録音しましたまたあの神保町行った時はナイスなお店ページャーに行って素敵な靴下でも買おうかと思っていますまた連絡しますそれじゃあねーアビエント Who was it? I, I couldn't catch his name. That's Shigeru Ishihara. Ah, Ishihara san! Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Ah, Ishihara san. Wow. Yeah, he's the big legend. He's the OG. He's the skater who made the first ever skate slash BMX magazine in Japan. The first ever. Yeah, so he's like. Yeah, the real、Respect. OG. Yeah. <laughs> real OG. Wow. Yeah, he mentioned like coming to our skate shop and he'll get a nice、uh, socks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because he just sent me the question, but he didn't send me the translation. So I was like, oh, well, if you could tell me at, at least what you said somewhat, you know?、Uh-huh. So he told me like I got like a mission from Beyond Borders to send you a funny message. Yes. And I'll stop over Pager Tokyo to try and buy some cool skate socks, basically. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Wow, that's an honor. I wasn't expecting that. Cool. Respect. He's the man. He's the OG. Okay, so this one, we mentioned him as well, Lawrence Keefe.、Mm-hmm. So he said,、uh, as a Japanese person that has lived overseas and speaks English, do you feel this has given you a unique perspective to the people around you in Tokyo?、Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's from living in the States and speaking English, but I think it has to do with like, being a skateboarder. I mean, yeah, of course, I see my country and Japanese people differently compared to like Japanese people who don't skateboard. Yeah. I think because sometimes I feel kind of out of place. Sometimes I feel like Japanese people are kind of weird. <laughs> okay. And I have this discussion with my wife as well because she used to spend time in New Jersey around the same time I was in Seattle. So we share kind of like the same value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, maybe like living in the States when I was a kid has to do something about it as well. Because everything that, you know, like the music that I was listening to at the time, and yeah, all those things was new. And I was like really super inspired by American culture and skateboarding. And probably that's, you know, that's my roots、mm-hmm. of who I am right now. So yeah, maybe living in different country and finding skateboarding has something to do with like how I see my country and Japanese people. Japanese culture and yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But don't get me wrong, I love Japan and I love Japanese culture.、Mm. But yeah, it's,、uh, I guess, love and hate relationships here and there. This nickname,、um, Amesan, do you still get nicknamed like that nowadays by a lot of people? Or is it just like、uh, maybe people that met with you around that time that you came home to Osaka?、Oh, it, it's stuck, so everyone calls me Amesan. Okay, okay, interesting. So it's, it's kind of weird, you know, like when I meet people, I don't say, Hi, my name is Amesan. I say, My name is Kajitani, which is my last name. Right, yeah, yeah. And they don't like. You know, Ame-san and Kajitani, they don't think it's the same person. So it can be kind of weird here and there, but yeah, Ame-san still. This one is not really a question, but it's more like a shout out from、uh, your friend、uh, Ryushi Tanaka from Strush.、Mm-hmm. 
how do you say his first name? Ryushi? Ryuichi. Ryuichi. So he said, the story about Mazafumi is from a long time ago. When I was a teenager, around 95, I went on a three-month trip to San Francisco, Canada, Los Angeles, and other places. I was able to see many famous professional skaters at various skate spots, and I was shocked by their skill when I returned to Japan. At that time, there was no social media, so I had heard rumors about Mazafumi, but I had never had the opportunity to see him directly. One day, a senior skater took me to the skate spot where Mazafumi was skating, and when I saw him for the first time, he was doing skate tricks more amazing than any professional skater in his home country. I still vividly remember his consistency, speed, and style. Although I have filmed many skaters over the years, that shock has never been surpassed. He's my wow. best friend, and he will always be my favorite skater. Wow. Wow. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's making me cry. <laughs> That's super nice, super nice, yeah. And so he, he's your business partner with Strush, or like he's, he's handling mm -hmm. Strush wheels? Yeah, he's handling Strush wheels. Uh, we started it together, but I'm not really like, you know, a big part of it. He's doing everything. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's nice to, yeah, that's nice. Thank you. Okay, we can wrap it up with this last question. It's an audio one. Hey, Masa, I was very happy to reconnect with you in Tokyo recently. Do you remember when I met you in 2016 for a devoted documentary? I asked you who will be the next young Japanese reaper and you said Yuto Origome and it was the case. So I'd love to know your feeling about the next young Japanese skater guy or girl that will kill the game pretty soon. Thank you, my friend. Lucas. Yes, Luca Beaufort. He was also in Japan recently, right? Yes, yes, last month for his uh, heart book. He was traveling through Japan. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, he's a hard worker as well, right? He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, making that big, nice book. Yeah. Yeah, so Yuto Horigome, yeah, in 2016, we did an interview for his documentary. Right, yeah, Devoted. And yeah, I mentioned Yuto, the next up-and-coming skater from Japan. Um, there's too many, I think, <laughs> but since, you know, people are getting too good at skateboarding here, I mean, it's, you know, it might be hard to like stick out, Yeah. you know, it's a different time now. So I think people with like creativity and style would shine more, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, the guys, you know, pretty famous already, but one skater that I'm keeping my eye on is Taiho, Taiho Tokura. I mean, he's a pro already. For Zoom sayers. Taiho Tokura. Yes, Taiho Tokura. Okay. People know him as T4. That's his nickname. Oh, T4, okay. Yes, he's amazing. He's so good. Is he very young or how old is he, do you know? I think he's 19, 20, maybe. And he's one of the GX crew, GX1000. When he's in San Francisco, he skates. He skates with that whole crew? Wow. Yes. Those are gnarly. That's how good yeah. he is. <laughs> yes, you yeah. can tell, right? Okay, yeah. okay. When did you actually meet or see Yuto skate for the first time? Like, do you remember your first, like, encounter with him? My first encounter was, I think it was at a Miniram contest at a trade show in Japan. Okay. I think he was still, like, 16 or something, maybe younger. But he was, you know, doing 540s and stuff. Already? Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, but everyone knew who he was because every Japanese skater knew that he was, like, be the... Next level. Yeah, next level, like, the new breed. 
He's definitely pushed、uh, Japanese skating to a whole other level. Yeah. Yeah. Not just Japanese skating, skating from anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> He's a special、yeah. talent.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna keep eye on this guy, Taiho Tokura. Yeah, I'm gonna check、Please、him out. Please do. Well, yeah, let's wrap it up here. Thank you so much. Was it for me? This was fun. Thank you. That's it for my conversation with Mazafumi. Follow VHS Mag on Instagram at VHSMag. Visit VHSMag.com to check out some of the rad content Mazafumi and the rest of the VHS team release regularly. I also highly recommend you go watch the 2021 Jeff Grosso's Love Letters episode focused on the Japanese skate scene, which Mazafumi helped put together. Thank you for tuning in. See you soon for a new episode of Beyond Board.